Thanks for your interest in Emmanuel Baptist. Here at Emmanuel, we believe in the one and only authoritative text for guidance, the Holy Bible. We pray that this sermon will speak to your heart and open your eyes to the glory of God. Make sure you plug into your local church and get to know others that love the Holy Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like you. Thanks again, and God bless you guys. There is uh, such a, a spiritual hunger, I think, in our country, but I think everywhere, that we have to find someone or something to worship. I think we were made to worship something or someone. There's a book a few years ago by Ted Harrison entitled Elvis People. It was introduced in the magazine American Health with a headline, Elvis Makes Leap from King to God. Harrison's book illustrated how idol worship can get out of hand. He was amazed that Elvis's popularity had increased since his death and likened it to a new religion. He noted that his new religion really took off at a British pop concert where the master ceremonies yelled out, Who's going to live forever? And the swaying audience responded, Elvis, Elvis. I see some head shaking like you understand that. He had found that Graceland had become a pilgrimage site. Fans described the singer as a bridge between them and God. And others say they had the, he had the power to heal their physical problems and thousands had claimed to have seen him in a resurrected form. Now, we kind of shake our heads, but that's what we do. If we get bored with worshiping ourselves or another person, we can find worshiping shifting power or possessions. But the bottom line is that we were created and then commanded to, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And among the spiritual remnant of this in every generation are men and women and boys and girls who truly hunger to worship the one and only living God and his son, Jesus Christ. Now, in the previous weeks, through the sermons during this Advent season, we have uh, seeing it was prophesied in Micah 5, 2 and fulfilled in Luke 2, 6 and 7. That it was born in Bethlehem. And the natural thing for the believing remnant was to fall down and worship him. Unfortunately, only a few shepherds and a couple hundred thousand angels showed up for this first coming to earth. But then the word of his birth became, began to spread to the most strangest places. That leads us to our first point and the first two verses. Some come to worship the king of the Jews. Look at verse 1 and 2 again, talking about the magi, the wise men. Now, after this, was, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah. In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, or magi, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, have come to worship so what, what do we know about these wise men, about these magi, as we say? They were a cast of wise men specializing in astrology, medicine, and natural sciences. Uh, they were the, the scientists, we might say, didn't use that word then, of their day. And they were from Persia or from Babylon, that would be modern-day Iraq or Iran, that kind of general area uh, of, of the world. And and among the many interests of these wise men was a study of stars, the zodiacs and watching the planets move and the constellations and really understanding the stars well. And so it would not be out of place to say that one might 
one night as they gazed in the heavens, they suddenly saw a new star. Now, there's been debates exactly what they saw, but to them, to their trained eyes, they saw something different, something that alerted them, something they'd never seen before hanging over the eastern sky. And through their learning and through their experience, they said this is not a normal star, but it was seen to be created and controlled by God to lead them the special group of, of God-fearing Gentiles, the king of the Jews, to the Messiah, the hope of the world. So somehow they understood the star, ever what it was, and we could debate what it might have been. They somehow connected that, I think, with some prophecies in Isaiah and that the king of the Jews, this Messiah to come, this is what it's talking about. Now notice they did not worship the star. They went to worship this Messiah, this king of the Jews. This eastern caravan had arrived in Jerusalem after many months, I'm sure, many weeks for sure, probably many months of traveling. They're probably about 700 miles away. And they began, they asked people in town. They came into Jerusalem, and they are saying in verse 2, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Just asking around. They went to the local gas station. You know, where is he born? Just asking the different, different merchants there, well, where is the king? They figured it would be a big celebration. Nobody would know who this is. Well, it's obviously from the local populace. They didn't know what they were talking about. And finally, in their presence, their question and the purpose of the visit came to the ears of King Herod, king of the Jews at that time there in Jerusalem. And, and, and he had thought that he was king of the Jews. Now, it's interesting how it says in verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. We'll get to him in just a second. But his, the word comes to him about this new king of the Jews, and he was king of the Jews, which leads to the second point, not all, who want, not all want to worship the king of the Jews. Verses 3 through 8. I just read verse 3. Verse 4, Herod Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it's written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them when, what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring, words, bring me word that I may too come worship him. Wink, wink. The, the, the wise men didn't get that, but Harry was not going to worship him, of course. See, the, the, the political problem at this moment, there was one too many kings in Israel. And Herod, now he was an interesting fellow. He had been declared king of the Jews earlier by, the, by Rome and has been fighting ever since to get the respect of Jewish people. He was on the throne because Rome put him on the throne. He was half Jewish and half not Jewish, so the Jewish people didn't really like him. He was pretty ruthless anyway, but he really wasn't full Jewish. He was really a puppet of the Roman government. So he's trying to get respect for them. That's why he's building the temple as a glorious building. And then suddenly there's this group of magi, and how many were there? We don't know. All right, someone paid attention to the quiz. We don't know. So ever who, it's at least two. 
It could have been a hundred. I don't know. But anyway, there's at least two magi is plural. Anyway, some of this group of magi were in town looking for a child they called king of the Jews, and they wanted to worship him. Now, Herod was an old man at this time, and he was very suspicious. His heart was filled with fear and suspicion and guilt. Anybody or anything that threatened his throne, he acted upon. He had killed his beautiful princess and his two favorite sons, and I think a second wife he had for fear they might take away his throne. He was ruthless. So now in the wake of all this death and destruction, he calls in his scribes, his, his Bible scholars, there in, the, uh, in, in, the, uh, in Jerusalem, the top scribes, top Bible scholars, and while the Magi wanted to worship the king of the Jews, Herod wanted to kill him foreshadowing what's going to happen to Jesus some 30 years later by the Jewish leaders. Listen to what John says in John 1, 9 through 12. Apostle John says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right become children of God. So John's talking about this very situation here. The Magi and their servants, their whole entourage, the rest of the caravan, having traveled hundreds of miles from the east to come to Jerusalem, were just two more miles away would be able to worship the king of the Jews. Bethlehem is just a couple miles from Jerusalem. And that leads us to our third point. Jesus, born to be worshipped, verses 9 through 12. After listening to the king, the Magi, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. That's interesting. When they saw the star, look how Matthew writes this, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Talking about being redundant, redundant. They were having a party. They were excited. They were giddy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening the treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And after, and then being warned in a dream not to go return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. I think it's so interesting that they didn't come to pay homage. You would think they would or to honor this king of the Jews, they came, Matthew says, to worship this king of the Jews. I think that's interesting. Again, some foreshadowing of Gentiles coming into the kingdom of God. These are Gentiles. These are not Jews. Or worshiping Jesus as, they didn't say it so much here, but I think the implication is this is the Messiah, as much as they understood this. King of the Jews. Worship. Who do you worship? You worship God, don't you? They had some understanding. I'm not sure what they had an understanding of. They had some understanding of, of worshiping. Jesus born to worship. So, so when what they saw what the king and the scribes in Jerusalem did not see, the star, hanging over Jerusalem that very moment, and it took a left turn, began to move south toward Bethlehem. And the star seemed to, we say, stop on a dime. 
at what kind, whatever the star was. Over the house where it appeared where Joseph and Mary and so forth had just secured a, a place after the birth of Jesus in the cave. Jesus was born probably in this cave, and now he's got a rented house of some sort there in Bethlehem. It could have been up to two years, more or less, six months, year and a half, two years from the time Jesus was born to this event here. These faithful, obedient, God-fearing Gentile magi following the leading of God's star were about to be rewarded for all their efforts. After all those months of preparation and trouble, they walked into the home of Mary and Joseph with the floodlight of the star above the house. And they saw the baby Jesus, and their first action was one they had planned long ago. He was revealed to them to be the king of the Jews, the Messiah, God's anointed one, the son of God. We had heard earlier today, Isaiah called him wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. I think we discussed before, I know Norman and I have discussed before, these magi were kind of inheritors of the teaching of Daniel hundreds of years earlier. And they probably knew Isaiah. They probably had scrolls of Isaiah. We don't know. They understood this. And now we know him as the only one who could deliver them from their sin, shame, guilt, fear of death, and power of Satan. This one deserved to be worshipped. They thanked God for sending his son to earth as a king who would be above every king, the one who would rule in justice and righteousness. The Messiah, the king of Jews, would bring the blessing of salvation to the Gentiles as well. I need to amen on that because you and I are Gentiles. Again, notice they did not worship the star. They did not worship Joseph. They did not worship Mary. But the one do worship, Jesus. They worshiped newborn king and offered this child the gifts Fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 60, verses 5 and 6, which reads, The wealth of nations will come to you, and they will bring gold and frankincense. I want you to imagine with me, just, just for a moment, uh, how these wise men of old felt when they came into the house and saw Jesus, and then by faith bowed down and worshiped him as their Lord and Savior, the promised Messiah. We need to thank God that he grew up, willingly gave away his life on the cross for our sins, and then was raised in the grave by his Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that all of us would have opportunity to worship him and experience the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. So what or whom are we, you and I, willing to bow down and worship today. We are surrounded by men and women who, like Herod of old, wants to kill the king, wants to be the king themselves. It wants to kill the king. In some sense, anyone would seek to take their place they want to get rid of. At times, we find in our own hearts a desire to be king. And that's a dangerous position which to be found. There's only one God-anointed king over the universe, over the nations, over our hearts. 
His name is Jesus. Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger, but now reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords in heaven. And one day we'll come to see him reigning on earth, on the new heavens and new earth, in the new Jerusalem. So I submit to you today, based on prophetic scriptures, an example of the Magi, that we all should bow down before him and worship him, who is the only one worthy of worship. May we pray together, please. Wow. God, thank you for Matthew's testimony in the gospel, writing about these wise men, these uh, pagan, these Gentiles, these uh, wise men from the east, from Babylon or Persia. Uh, We thank you for their great insight not having the faith of the Jews of the day, but understanding a lot. Thank you to me, our example as Gentiles, to trust in the Jewish Messiah, a Savior, not just for the Jews, but for the whole world. We thank you again for the baby in the manger, growing up to be the man on the cross that died for our sins. We might have our sins forgiven, relationship with you, spend eternity with you, and with one another in Christ. We love you, Father. We thank you. We come here this hour, especially together, to worship. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.